Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of His word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, the experts in engaging children with the Word of God. Together, we will make sure you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. This is episode 35, and I'm your host, Corey Pennypacker. Do you ever feel like you've run out of creativity when it comes to teaching the Bible to the kids in your life? Me too. Honestly, that's part of why I'm so grateful for the skilled writers here at Bible to School who have helped me make the Bible come alive through lesson plans, ideas, and crafts. They're busy being the experts in creativity so we can spend our time telling the kids about Jesus. Today, you're going to love our interview with the Bible to School teacher, Jody Grasser, talking about the power of skits and helping kids act out their favorite Bible stories. It's a simple and fun way to help them remember and personalize God's word. We have a resource you're gonna wanna check out today and you can find it, the links to the things we talk about and ways to connect with us in our show notes. You'll find those on our website at bibletoschool.com. That's bible, the number two, school.com. Friends, we love bringing you this helpful content each week. And one way you can help us is by leaving ratings and reviews on your favorite podcast app. It's a simple and organic way of helping others find this podcast. Thanks so much for those of you who have already left a rating. Now, let's jump right into today's podcast. Well, welcome, Jody, to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. We are so excited to have you today. Thank you, Corey. It's my pleasure to be with you as well as all the listeners today. Thank you. Now, Jody, I have not met you before, but this is exciting for me because you are a Bible to School teacher in Western Pennsylvania. I'm more in Eastern Pennsylvania and you're out near Pittsburgh and you love to have fun with the kids you teach. I've heard that about you anyway, but first I'd love for you to introduce yourself to our friends listening. I mean, tell us about your family and and what you like to do for fun. Yes, thank you. I've been married to my husband, Steve, uh, in about two weeks here. It's going to be 37 years. So, ah, congratulations. Thank you. And we've always been from this area of Pennsylvania, West Central Pennsylvania. We have five adult children. Most of them live out of town. So, that is one of the things that we enjoy doing is visiting with them, as well as our six grandchildren. We also enjoy going for walks with our dog. My husband and I are both very outdoor people. So being outside, going for walks, bike riding, that's the things that we like to do in our spare time. Oh, and you have a pretty area of the state to do that in. So I can understand that. But what do you do at Bible to School? Can you tell our listeners and, you know, why did you get involved with Bible to School? Sure, I'd be happy to. Thank you. At Bible to School, I serve as a large group leader as well as a small group leader. And also on one of the days I help as being a bus volunteer to help uh, on the bus with the transport of children back and forth as a bus monitor. I really enjoy the time spent with the children. Between my husband and I, we've had many, many years of being in children's ministry in various different roles and aspects. I actually was introduced to Bible to School through a church presentation 
about two years ago, that was the first I had heard about it. And I was very excited when I learned about it. I inquired about it further and sent in the application and was just so thrilled uh, these past two years of volunteering with the group and being a part of this children's ministry has really blessed me. Well, so you have never heard, you had not heard about you could teach the Bible to public school children during their school day before, had you? I had not. Uh, one of the ministries I was involved in for a season of a couple of years was a ministry in public schools, but it was after school. So yes, that was the first time I was introduced to knowing that it can be done during school hours. And that was, oh, I was so happy to hear that. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, I had not heard about it before either. But I tell you, once you get in with those children and once you see their faces and the fact that a lot of times you're, we're teaching this for the very first time, aren't we, Jody? Yes. Yes. Some of the children do have a church background and, you know, a knowledge of some of the stories and presentations that we teach and some of them do not. So you have to go from that starting point. Yes, it may be review for some of them, but it's first time learning and hearing for others. That's right. That's right. Well, today we're going to kind of talk about for our listeners who are, by the way, they're moms and dads and grandparents like you and aunts and uncles and Sunday school teachers. And they want to know about your experience about getting the kids involved in acting out the Bible stories. So tell me, you like fun and Bible to school is all about fun too. So that's why you're a good fit. So what's your experience in getting them involved? Many of the children are anxious and want to participate. So it's not really hard. A few of them are a little more reserved and would rather be the spectators. But what we have incorporated in the Bible to school setting is giving them that freedom. If we notice there's one child that really hasn't stepped up and wanted to participate, we give that them that option. We may say to them, we're doing a skit today. Would you like to be one of the characters? If they choose not to, that's certainly their choice, but we want to give the ones that haven't stepped up yet that opportunity and the ones that do participate, oh, the energy that they bring, is, <laughs> it just builds off of each other. It's really exciting. Well, the funny thing is, we've talked about this, is that kids are so conditioned to be spectators. When you think about it, like they sit and watch movies, they sit and do video games, they sit and, and watch TV. But a great way to get them involved, like you said, is call them out and say, let's, we're going to do something. And they perk up, don't they? Like you said, want to yes. be involved. So, so what are your, some of your favorite Bible stories to have the children act out? A few of the favorites that I've encountered have been the story of David and Goliath from the Old Testament and in the New Testament. Uh, I really enjoyed the prodigal. In David and Goliath, things like just giving them visuals, showing them, for example, what the height of Goliath would have been, that captures them and they key in on that. That gives them a new reality in the Bible when they hear how tall he was. But if they can combine that while acting out and seeing like a marker on the wall, that is how tall that man was. Mm. That just adds to their appreciation and understanding. And when that's followed up with the spiritual side of why was David, why was David so insulted that Goliath would be you know, defying his God, bringing that in gives life to the characters, to the children as they act it out. 
Oh, so you're bringing in even more information, not just what they're actually doing, not just their actions. You're actually telling them why and how of the story while they're acting it out. But I mean, kids have just incredible imaginations. They can make anything come alive in their mind. I remember my son, my middle son, who loved football and just, Mm -hmm. you know, really went crazy over it. And and he would have little action, just two little action figures and of, of football guys. And he would be crawling all over the ground. And he have, he had he had played out the Super Bowl many times over in our, <laughs> our living room. But here we are, we're directing what they're doing. We're like you said, in a group, you're, you know, calling them, inviting them to participate, which is so cool because kids kids want to belong, don't they, Jody? Oh, they sure do. They sure do. And even in Bible to school, it's so exciting because they come from their classrooms in the school, but in small group, they're going to be with children that are from other classrooms. And I'm sure they've seen them in the hall or passing or maybe on a bus, but in small groups, they can develop more friendships. And as they're learning God's word together, that's just a common bonding point for them. Right. And if you're at home and you have a you know, you have kids over or your, your, your child has some friends over in the neighborhood. You say, hey, let's do a skit today and get out a bunch of blankets and swords. And, you know, like you say, Goliath, and you put somebody up on a chair and you, that really engages everybody. And, and you're right. It starts friendships and, and fun that I, mean, I love to gain friends through fun. Don't you? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yes. <laughs> So, hey, let's talk about those props. So what kind of ideas, since you're such an experienced teacher, like what kind of ideas do you have for parents or grandparents for, you know, with adding props? Adding props can be as basic or as extravagant as the person or the family wants to be. But also we have to, as the adult parent or grandparent or caregiver, we need to also keep in mind to engage the child in coming up with the props as well. For example, yes, you can use a a robe uh, to symbolize to be clothing, or say, for example, if you're doing something from time period of Christ's birth, the Magi coming to meet him, it can be as simple as a plastic Tupperware bowl or a whipped topping container. The child can decorate it with a marker and stickers, and that can be there gift that representing a gift the Magi is bringing. That's the treasure box that they would bring to the Christ child. As an adult, we may think, oh, it has to be craft show quality, but it really doesn't. (laughs) And the more that you can engage the child in coming up and creating props, the more ownership and the more passion they will have for it. I love that. And I'm so glad you said that doesn't have to be craft show, a top shelf stuff, because I have no craft I never got that gifting. I was absent during that gifting time because I'm not, I'm not very good at crafts, but yeah, you're right. They're probably even more engaged when they make the props. Yes. That gives them the ownership. And we all know that if we are uh, invited to join in the ownership of that aspect, we, we buy into it and we're just more excited about it. Absolutely. Wow. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. If Adam and Eve were the first people, what about God? Wasn't He the first person? Our children are great critical thinkers, aren't they? We love that they're thinking and asking questions about the very nature of God because it's so important to our faith. In answering this question, 
we need to talk about two natures, human and spirit. First, talk about what the children can relate to the easiest, how Adam and Eve were indeed the first human beings who have flesh and bones. Then talk about how God is spirit, who always was, is, and will be for eternity. Trying to wrap our head around God, who has no beginning or end, is always an interesting conversation. Well, I know there's one story about that's about Adam and Eve. It's one of our first Bible stories that we do with the kids where they participate. So they're not necessarily dressing up, but they're participating with sound effects. Do you remember that story at all? Yes, I do. I do. Yeah, they had in that story, for example, when it talked about the serpent and how he was dialoguing and questioning God's word and God's authority before Eve, the children would respond anytime it went that way. They would respond with a snake hissing sound that they can take that with them. But also as a parent or grandparent, that continues on as a teaching point. If if we see our child in a home setting, in a home environment, has a choice to make, and it's obvious, well, one choice is a good choice and one choice would not be the best choice to make, you know, just reflecting back. What type of choice is that? And maybe if it's a very young child, just remembering how bad choices can lead to bad results. And they might associate that with the story of Adam and Eve and the hissing sound of the snake. That was not the path that God's heart desired for them. Mm, I love that. Yeah, because I mean, whether you do an all out skit where everybody's dressed up doing it, or if you just read the story and have them participate with just sounds for every time you hear the word snake, you use a hissing sound or every time you hear, you know, hear, hear the word Goliath or whatever, hear a roar or something like that. You can make it up yourself, but, but you're right. Then that follow-up, I love that Jody, that follow-up of remember back when we did that, you know, that story, that Bible story and make it real in their lives, applicable in their lives. That's huge. That's called discipleship. <laughs> and it's not that hard. You're, you're making it really easy for us, Jody. I appreciate that. Now, do you have any tips on discussing the story with children after they're done acting it out? So immediately after they're acting it out, like how do you approach that with, with the kids? Yes. Thank you for asking that. There's always some teaching points that are so great. If you have the opportunity after you do a skit or acting something out, for example, in hopefully you've had a chance to read the story to the child ahead of time. But if there was any words or phrases that you think the child might have not have understood or might have been beyond their understanding level at that point in time, just taking a moment to explain that to them. This is what this word means, or this is what this phrase means. And another one, again, in the teaching points is, explaining any cultural aspects that might have applied in biblical times, but might be very different right now. For example, in the story of the prodigal, great teaching points are explaining the heart of the father, how that represents father God, just watching and waiting for a prodigal to come back, as well as a cultural aspect such as the father ran to the son when he saw him far off. Well, back in that days, it was very undignified for a man, an adult man to run. So 
that father didn't care if he looked dignified or not. He wanted his son so badly. He ran to him. So just teaching Mm. that cultural aspect Mm. increases their understanding and appreciation of how that relates to our heavenly father and the love he has for each child. And one more aspect that I think is really great as follow-up is asking the children, how do you think that character felt or even personalize it more? How do you feel about this? For example, if they did the prodigal, how do you think the prodigal son felt when he saw his father running? Or how do you feel about that response? That engages them and gives you immediate feedback, but also that question will stay in their mind. Wow. So we're engaging them all over the place with their, their sense, all their senses, with actually, like you said, their mind asking them questions. How would you feel about that? I love that. I love that a lot. I have a God story from my own son. It's a release time program long ago. It wasn't Bible to school, but it was another one. And the teacher had connected with him in that Esau and Jacob, the story of Esau and Jacob, where he made this, where he made the stew and he sold his birthright for the stew. Okay. Well, my son loves to eat. Oh, he loves food. And so he <laughs> remembered as a second or third grader that, uh, you know, that the soup and the stew and apparently the stew that he, the teacher made was very, very good because, you know, I, I have to get the recipe that he came home. I have to get the recipe. And, but <laughs> I'm like, why do I have to get a recipe? You were at a, at a Bible class. And he said that, that the teacher had made it really, very real to him. And he remembers that story to this day. Because oh, of that connection, that that hands-on connection of eating stew and acting out the Bible story. So, so way to go, teachers who do that or parents who go the extra mile to do yes. that. Do you have any God stories for us? How do you see God working through this type of teaching, this way to teach, to go and connect these kids? One of the things that impacts me a lot is when leading the large group lesson, and you're presenting uh, the story or the teaching, sometimes there's immediate feedback in seeing the children answer questions and respond. But sometimes maybe if, if certain children are more quiet or reserved, or you just might come back and think, were they listening? Did they really get it? But when we go to small group time and we're dialoguing and continuing the lesson in a smaller group setting, and you see them answer, maybe that's more of a comfort zone for them when they're in a small group and they answer the questions. It's like, oh God, thank you. I see that you showed this to them and they're answering and they're participating. So just seeing that they are getting it, they are getting the lessons. Sometimes we as adults think, are they listening? Yeah, I know. They're 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 jumping all around or they're doing this and you're like, are they listening to me? Really? Yes. <laughs> But they are. They are listening is what I'm hearing you say. And, yes. and that that does bring you so much joy. And it brings all of us joy when our children are engaging in the word of God, are learning some new things, are having fun with us. And setting up that fun is, is great. I know a lot of people use blankets, big blankets, and they'll put stuff over like you're in the belly of a whale or you're in Daniel in the lion's den. But tell you what, a little bit of props a little bit of the uh, imagination and a lot of Bible can really bring the Bible to life for them, can it? Oh, it sure can. It sure can. Uh, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Jody. My pleasure. Uh, we, 
we so appreciate your input and your experience and uh, all these tips that you're giving to us. But uh, we also have some tips at our Bible to School at Home resource that we'll have on our on our webpage. So we want our, our listeners to uh, enjoy that. But as we leave here, can you please pray for us as we go? I would be happy to. Thank you, Corey. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your great love and your mercy that you just shower upon us. You demonstrated your great love through your son, Jesus Christ. And we we just can't thank you enough for that. Your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for each and every child that you send to Bible to school, Lord God, to hear your word. And Lord God, may the Holy Spirit continue to plant these seeds and cause the growth, Lord God, for lasting fruit in these children's lives. May you bless, Lord God, both the children and their parents, their grandparents and their caregivers, Lord, as they continue to talk about your word, Lord God, may it just be a ripple effect affecting homes and communities, Lord God, to the glory and honor of your name. We thank you for all you do for us. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Wasn't that fun? I love listening and learning from other people who are passionate about sharing Jesus with kids. Here at Bible to School, we're all about making it possible for you to share the gospel and the life-changing power of God's Word with the kids in your life and in your community, too. We're urgently praying for like-minded friends to step forward and begin Bible programs in their local public school. We make it easy, and we walk with you each step of the way as you build your team. If you're wondering if Bible to School might be your next step, would you reach out to us on our website at BibleToSchool.com? That's Bible, the number two, school.com. We can't wait to hear from you. And before we go, just a reminder that you can find today's resources on our website at BibleToSchool.com too. Be sure to take some pictures and tag us in your kids' creative skits. We can't wait to see them. We're at Bible to School, and I'm at Corey Pennypacker across every platform. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember, you can tell the children in your life about the best message in the world, Jesus.